Support for the Rated JG podcast is brought to you by Accent Sledge Supplements. I have personally been using Accent Sledge Supplements for over a year now, and I love them. And I'm not telling y'all anything other than the truth because I promise you that I would never join with a company that I don't support. This company is all about being upfront and honest about their products and the ingredients inside of them. The company is ran by former IFBB professional bodybuilder Seth Ferrosi, who decided back in 2018 that he was tired of working for companies that took shortcuts and used subpar ingredients in their supplements. So he started Accent Sledge. Every single product on the Accent Sledge lineup has patented ingredients that have been through rigorous testing to ensure quality and consistency. They offer everything from stimulant-based pre-workouts, non-stimulant-based pre-workouts, grass-fed whey protein, vegan protein, sleep aids, joint and muscle recovery products, and even amino acids. So stop settling for anything less than the best. Use my discount code, JGill10, at checkout for 10% off of all your orders. Welcome to the Rated JG Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gilly. Thank you all for tuning in. Okay, what's up everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Rated JG Podcast. I'm coming at you very frustrated because I can't figure out my own damn technology and I've tried to set up this podcast literally like three times now. So, at this point in time... We have video and audio, but I'm not promising either one of them because I'm at my wit's end and I have a stars game to watch. So he's so mad. I'm furious <laughs> he's at the so moment. Mad. It's not even funny. I'm so freaking pissed off. Anyways, so we are coming at you with a another episode of Justin King. Justin. So, so for uh, those of you that are new to the channel or new to the podcast in general, kind of a backstory here. My name is Justin. This is my wife, Casey. Uh, periodically, she will come on the show and we will talk about anything and everything under the sun. And anytime that she comes on, we call it just in case. Get it? It's a pun. We're, We're all, punny. all about the puns up in town. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, honey is punny. Yeah, honey is punny. Oh my God. She's... <laughs> Anyways, so we, uh, we have... You know, a, a huge catalog of stuff that we've done together. Look on the, if you search Rated JG on any platform, you can find all the Just In Case episodes. But we are coming at you today with a little bit of a, I don't want to call it like, a, I'll say heavier podcast. Um, yes, it's going to be lighthearted always like we, we always do, but it's, it's about a serious topic and that is mental health. And we have done multiple episodes about mental health. And I will start this one out with the same disclaimer that I use anytime that we do a mental health episode because I know that some of you are new. I'm getting new subscribers all the time. Thank you. Shout out. What's up? But um, the mental health episodes, I always start out because I want to be transparent. I am not the one who has any sort of mental illness, mental health issues. I am very fortunate in that sense, and I always start out by saying that. I don't ever want to come off like I know what I'm talking about. I'm not a freaking doctor. I'm not anything. But my wife does have, you know, depression, anxiety, ADHD, you you name it. So You name it, I got it. <laughs> but it, it, we laugh now, but it, it's, 
I mean, we, we've been through a lot with, with her situation and, um, it's been pretty cool because I have used all of this. It's been a very humbling experience for myself, um, to help the person that you love deal with things that it's fighting an invisible opponent, basically, um, learning to navigate this world is hard enough as is. And then if you have things going on in your brain that you can't see, touch, or attack with a kind of defense that makes it even harder. So um, I feel like it's my duty as a husband to lend a helping hand as much as possible, even though I don't know what's going on half the time. So that was kind of the genesis story of this podcast was I asked Casey a while back if she would be comfortable talking about and sharing her stories and things that she goes through with her mental illness to my platform, my subscribers, fans, whatever you want to call them. And she said yes, and the response has been ridiculous. I mean, it's the coolest thing ever, and that's coming from my end. Like, I don't, I can't imagine what it feels like Mm -hmm. for you, because we're just talking. We don't, we're not, like I said, we're not doctors. We're not professionals at this. We're just. I only know what I have gone through, and Justin only knows what he goes through. And it's very much, it is very much a two-way street here. Like, it's, no, Justin doesn't have anything, but, um, there is, he is very much a student, like self, not self-proclaimed, but like he works very hard to try to understand as best as he can, even whenever I don't understand what's going on. So, but, um, and the, even that alone, that's a huge kind of shot to my ego. Cause I am a fixer. Mm-hmm. If there's something wrong, I will figure it out. If there's something, well, <laughs> except for this mother effing podcast right now, <laughs> but so I, I'm very much a fixer. I think mm-hmm. that every guy is, um, you, especially when you see your loved ones hurting, like you want to mm-hmm. fix it and then you, you can't. So it's, like I said, it's very humbling because yeah. all I want to do is help and I don't necessarily know how. So it's being a student constantly trying to help. That's my perspective on things. I fail all the time <laughs> and I, I'm learning all the time, but it's kind of cool that we have this, I guess like I, I, relationship obviously, but like mm-hmm. this cohesion between us it's yeah. like a, it's we, we've learned to to navigate this thing together right. and um not speaking for both of us here I don't know but like my inbox has been filled up with people that guys and girls of all ages that have are these episodes have resonated with mm-hmm. them which is so cool and I like I I get pretty vulnerable on here I let y'all in to a lot of things that like it's kind of overwhelming to think about whenever I know how many listeners you have. And I'm like, Oh my God, they know my business. But, um, I've always said that like, if, if I have to lay down and go through something like at, like something, I feel like I'm never going to walk away from, but I do walk away from it. I feel like it's my duty as a human being, like to share that experience so that someone else, cause there will be someone else going through your shoes. So I feel like it is my, it's an obligation of mine to, maybe help y'all give y'all insight into something that I wish I had then or you know vice versa I mean this helps me too like even just talking to y'all like it it fulfills me like it gives me some sense of purpose thinking that I could possibly be helping anybody and that's what I've always said like if if 10 people listen to this and nine people make fun of me for anything that I say if I help one person then I'll take all of it yeah I totally feel that and that's um I mean, I would never get on here and parade you around to make you do something you don't want to do. This is something that you wanted to do. Right. And I mean, I like you said, you get a lot of self-fulfillment from it. I learn stuff from you all the time on here. Um, actually, a couple of our friends 
that um, will we'll remain unnamed, but a, lot, a couple of our friends have approached us, have approached me and complimented you about these episodes, if that makes sense. Do you follow me on that? Like, they will yeah. come up to me and say, dude, I've known Casey for ever. And she literally speaks differently when y'all talk about this stuff. She speaks with, like, conviction and, like, vulnerability, but, like, she wants to get a point across and, like, be a helping hand. And they're talking to me about you. you oh, know what I mean? the pressure's on. No, I, it's not. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be serious. I mean, it is serious, but, like, yeah. we're two jackasses just trying to figure this world out. So, dude. So. But, um, oh, 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 ah, cool. anyways, <laughs> um, so we, uh, I've got a couple of notes here, uh, before we get too far into it, my Dallas stars, Dallas stars. I don't need to do that it again. It might planned. mess up the technology. Yeah. It might, I'm sorry if, if that was loud. I'm very sorry, but oh my God, game five, Western conference finals. Holy shit. Dobby for president. 2020 forever my boy Radulov 47 uh look I don't know if we're gonna have the video but I can't even get my freaking number in there look at that so I love Radulov he's been going off Joe Pavelski's been going off Dobby's been going off Jamie Ben's playing like he needs to have that captain's C Mm -hmm. tattooed on his forehead Forehead. he's killing it I'm so excited so tonight they have an opportunity to move on to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yes, I said that. A team from Dallas, Texas is Stanley Cup Finals. possibly going to Ugh. the best part of their professional thing. Also, Cowboys lost last night. That's Surprise? Cool. I don't know anything about football. I don't either. I don't know anything about it. Don't care about it. I like college football. Hook them. Go but, Stars. Yeah, right. So anyways, that's coming up soon. That's why we're decked out in the Stars gear. Check out the studio. Rocking the, the studio. Rocking rockin the uh, victory green and black. Rocking the green and black. It's still, it's a work in progress. And it, yeah, the Jeffrey. Rub Jeffrey. the wall. Jeffrey. Get him to the Greek. Rub the Jeff. Oh my God, never mind. See, see if she would watch something other than, you know, Harry Potter and stuff, we would figure this out. Don't hate to play a baby. <laughs> but that is what we're going to segue into. So last time you were on here, we talked about, um, the uh what was it called like i i used incorrect terminology and found out what it was actually called but basically it's like weather induced mental illness like the change in weather changes the way that you feel about yourself oh seasonal depression that's what i called it and it's not that it's whatever so we went go check out the last episode if you want to get caught up on that but um we're it's september the 14th here and at the current moment and we're in Texas, and it's hotter than balls, but it's, like, hotter than, like, one ball right now, not, like, both balls. Like it's hotter it used than to. donut grease. Not Satan's toenails, but donut grease. Yeah, it's just it's just hot. Mm-hmm. Like, 90s hot, but it's not 105, 150 like it was. So, that being said, I guess you can technically talk it up to weather changing. And um, <laughs> now that it's getting a little cooler, it always reminds me of, like, Weather changing. <laughs> yeah, weather changing. Uh, whenever the weather, <laughs> damn it! Now I'm gonna say, now whenever the weather changes to like being a little bit cooler, I personally think about it as self-admittedly. Like I said, I'm a nerd, and it reminds me of like being in school, and I love that. Like coming home, like it. All, I think back to like when we were at the apartment, mm-hmm. and like I would oh, come for sure. I would come home, and it was like our first time living together, and we had this cozy little apartment. I was in my junior and senior year of college and you know come home grab a beer 
throw on my hoodie, sit in my laptop right there in the corner and like just do my work. And I loved that. And I, I think October, November, December kind of remind me of that. Mm-hmm. Obviously they, the holidays too, but I just equate that back to school mm-hmm. and you're in school right now and you're killing it too. You're in that, like that routine where things are clicking. What do you think about the weather change? What does that do for your mental? I love the weather change. Um, I've always said like, I love summer. Like when summer rolls around, I think I love it longer than I love any of the seasons. Cause I'm so excited for each season change. And then I'm like, okay, I'm over it real quick. Um, but I'm really over summer. It's too hot. It is. I'm done with it. Like, I can't do any more 105 degree weather. So whenever it stops being 105 degrees, I am rooting for it. I'm all here for it. It's a good time. I love the leggings and the boots and the freaking big t-shirts and sweaters and comfy clothes and fuzzy socks. And <clears throat> Where can they get a super cool hoodie right now? I mean, there's a new one. It's the college university style hoodie Rated. on ratedjgpodcast.com. A plug. Yeah. A plug. But it's I, a plug. I feel like you thrive in this. Like most people, when it starts, when the weather starts to cool off, I feel like there's like kind of two camps. There's like the, the summer diehards like myself. I love summer, but now that I work outside, I'm over it. Um, but like, the, you know, the ones that are like, oh my God, summer forever. That used to be me. And then there's like the ones that can't stand anything over 70 degrees. Mm-hmm. So there's like polar opposites here. But I feel like you thrive in this weather. Like, And now that you work at Starbucks, you have pumpkin spice, you know, mm-hmm. freaking mainlined in your veins at all times. So over here with your, my, I've got a, my generic, uh, what is my basic. That's me. My basic wife. Oh, hello. Mm-hmm, with her Ugg boots and her pumpkin spice. But I don't ever wear my Ugg boots outside of the I'm, house, but they're comfy inside. I'm joking. And I've never understood why that's even a thing. Why do you make fun of people for liking pumpkin spice? Like, that's what I'm it's saying. Drink, I like what dude. I like. And it's good. I know people that drink. And a lot of people like it. Drink and eat so the same up. thing over and over again. Why does that matter? It's happy time. Bruh. Casey made me a drink the other day because <laughs> I don't know anything about coffee. I'm like, <laughs> I want something that will wake me up and doesn't taste sweet. That's that's literally what I order when I go there. I'm like, hi, is Casey in there? Can you make me something? And then she's like, I got you, dog. Pull around. But what was this, like maybe a week or two ago? Maybe uh-huh. maybe more. Like right when Pumpkin Spice came out, I mm-hmm. went and I did a job, and one of my uh, my customers had a like a Pumpkin Spice like drink, and I could smell it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Give oh, my that. God, <laughs> I think I want something pumpkin. I've never asked for that in my mm-hmm. life. And I went through and I told Casey, hey, I want something that's really strong. Would wake me up, maybe taste like pumpkin, but I don't want it to be sweet. She's like, "Say less, fam. I got you." <laughs> and it was fire flames. It was so good, and I put it on my Instagram story, and I had so many people responding. They're like, "Dude, oh my god, what is that?" I go, "I, I literally don't know." Say this, hey Casey, can you make me something that's super strong and maybe has pumpkin and doesn't taste sweet? So here's the exact order: what you go to say. <laughs> it is get your pen ready. It is a venti. Blonde, Starbucks double shot on ice, no classic, one pump of pumpkin, cinnamon, vanilla, and pumpkin powder with soy milk. Oh my God. And that's why I don't order anything. I don't know. Most of the time I just like, give me espresso on ice. I'm like, nah fam, I got you. I love that. Sometimes it tastes like pencil shavings though, whenever they're not like Calibrated. calibrated or whatever you say. Anyways, I don't know. That's neither here nor there. But, um... The uh, the pumpkin spice cooling off weather, 
reminds me also of another big part of our household, which is Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Love me some Always. Harry Potter. Love me some Harry Potter. She She's a huge fan. And I actually, I found a quote. It was on, I think it was on Facebook, but I looked it up to kind of like validate it. And I have it written down on my, my handy dandy notepad here. It is from <laughs> a psychologist named Pamela Rutledge. And I read this and I've never in my life correlated something more directly with my wife. I was like, I literally read this and wrote it down immediately so I wouldn't forget. It says, anxious people or people uh, diagnosed with anxiety are often uh, caught watching the same pieces of entertainment multiple times because it reaffirms them that there is order in the world and that it can uh, create a sense of safety and comfort on a primal level. And I'm like, say less. So, anyway, sorry, we just had another technical difficulty. So, y'all aren't getting video because I'm over it. But uh, <laughs> we're going to try this again. I was just saying about how, you know, people with anxiety enjoy watching the same things over and over again. And that's, like, right up your alley. Like, you love, like, the Harry Potters and you watch Vampire Diaries and Friends and what else? Uh, New Girl. New Girl. And Vikings. Vikings, like, yeah. Long long form entertainment you watch it over and over and over and over again and i can't personally do that other than like that 70s show and the office yeah but you can watch it over and over and over again and i never thought about it like that from a like a mental health like level like if you have anxiety and stuff like that like the anticipation of what could happen is like have- miserable i experience that all day every day on my own without <laughs> it being inflict like self-inflicted with outside sources so i don't need any more of that in my life <laughs> Um, but no, I like, I never, I've always been that way. I will watch the same, like even Justin remembers dating me in high school and I literally had the same movie on repeat over and over and over and over and over again. And I never really understood that that, like I never correlated that to my mental health, but it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Like if, you know, like whenever I'm having a really just crap day at work and we're just slammed and I'm overwhelmed and I'm really anxious and it's just... I don't know, my like idea of like a safe haven and like peace and getting away from that is fuzzy sweatpants, um, my blanket, my dog, and Harry Potter and throw in extra bonus points if it's raining. Like I just that that is so relaxing to me and I don't I reach for that for like not relaxation, but like a second for my brain to just kind of Yeah go into not anxious mode, I guess. Yeah, just like chill out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I can get that. I'm just, that's where like the, we don't, we're definitely a lot alike and a lot different in a lot of different ways. And that's one of them is I've never ever thought about that till I read that quote. I'm like, yeah. that makes so much freaking sense. Yeah. Well, I was telling you earlier, like I will, if, if I get really vested in a show and I like, or a movie or just like a series of something, like I will look up if I get really, really attached to a character, I will look up. I won't look up how the book, movie, whatever ends. I, I don't want to know all of it. But if my person dies, I need to know ahead of time. <laughs> I don't have room in my life for things like that to surprise me. So I look that up at the end. That but is- it's only it's not all the characters. It's just the one or the two. And if, if I find out they die, that's fine. I will finish the book off. But at least I can be prepared. I don't like being surprised by that kind of stuff. It's not okay with me. See, and that's I lo- that's like the part that I love is the what ifs and the like oh, like the anticipation. You're like, no, not having it. No. 
That's funny. I mean, I like anticipation just as much as the next person does. It's it's fun, but I not for something that I like. Yeah. If I get attached enough to it, I, I don't surprise me. It'll ruin my life right. for the next week or so. <laughs> so that's like that. That was one thing. Like I said, kind of segueing into into like the cold weather and stuff, and it reminded me of school and you like cuddling up on the couch and everything. And it's, I just think, what do you, if you had to make like a uh, a blanket statement of like what season works best for you as far as mental stability, what would it be if you had to pick one? Like where do you settle If I had in? to pick one, I'd say summer. Just the amount of sunshine and stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's it's hard to, I've said that on the previous ones, like it's hard to come home and cuddle up in a blanket and sweatpants whenever it's 90 <laughs> degrees outside and everyone's going to the pool. Yeah, like, for sure. But whenever it's raining and a little bit chilly outside, then you're like, hell yeah, I'll go and sit in my little nook and cocoon and not leave this place for like ever. So Right. And this, um, the the winter months, the colder months seem to constantly bring like um, one of two emotions, I feel like, generically. It's either like a lot of, I'm, I'm trying to blanket statement here, mm-hmm. like a lot of people love the colder weather because it's you know, all the things we've just mentioned, but also the holidays and family mm-hmm. time. But then I also know a lot of people that really hate this time of year, mm-hmm. uh, maybe because they're not close with their family or they don't like the holidays or whatever, or they don't like anything other than like sunshine and stuff. And I didn't know if you knew this, but um, September is Suicide Awareness Month. Did you know that? Prevention. I thought it was awareness. Oh, maybe it's awareness prevention. Yeah, it's same, same thing. Okay, so kind of. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm always kind of doing research and stuff like this, and uh, I found a stat that's from the AFSD, which is American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, and that it is the uh, suicide is the tenth leading cause of death in the U.S. Of death, like mm-hmm. not just. I mean, like that's crazy. Yeah, to think it's, about. It's crazy to hear stats like that because they all they fluctuate, but it's always within the top ten. Yeah, always. It's like, and what's what's really weird. Um, once again, coming from a completely idiotic standpoint on my end, I am not well versed in any of this. I just like to kind of consume as much as I can to become smarter on it. But like, um, I had no idea the amount of men that mm-hmm. do it, like boys slash men, like males. Actually, I think the statistic that I read was are one for like it's 1.8 times more likely than a female. So almost double. So here's the thing. Here's where that stat comes from. Not always, but um, there are studies proving that that statistic, the, you know, one in, or like 10 percent or whatever that we said it was yeah. one in 10. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, it's like, 10. Yeah. Um, so there <laughs> we like, already forgot it. We I just know. said it. <laughs> there are percentages every year of people that commit suicide. But what you don't see in those percentages are all the people that attempted suicide and were yeah. unsuccessful. And um, from those attempted numbers that you get, you also it's not an accurate number because you don't know how many people were honest about attempting or not attempting. So right, there's yeah. that. But then whatever, whenever it comes to men and women, they like it's research has shown that men are twice as likely to attempt suicide with a very violent, like by a very violent means like women. And I'm not generalizing. This is research here. Like women are more prone to like take pills and want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And men are more prone to, use a gun and you know or get in a car and like yeah so that's why men are more successful 
So I think it's a kinda lot of like the, the way that they go about it. I didn't, it, wow, it. I didn't know that it's, it's more violent. Yeah. And so they more times than not are going to be more successful. So yeah. like, I would be interested to know like the attempted rates versus success. Yeah. But then again, how do you measure that? Like, right. And the reason I brought this up, number one is because it obviously it's September right now, but I, you asked me for help, um, on one of your business classes that you're doing. That's mm-hmm. what I got my degree in uh, is business. Casey's going for human health resources, right? No. Hum- what? Uh, community health. Community. Well, I was off by one word. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Community <laughs> health. Human health. Well, yeah. <laughs> Same Com- thing. Well, sorry. Community health resources. So she was getting into like these, these, uh, business level classes and she just asked me for help and. I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you did the other day was you did a, um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially it was like, do you think that like, aff- like affluent communities utilize all of their abundance of resources properly to um, address these issues? Like, which in layman's terms means like, hey, do rich neighborhoods even want to consider that this is a problem Mm -hmm. and if they do if they can you know kind of set their pride and their ego aside what are they going to do about it because Mm -hmm. they're the ones that have the the resources and the money to actually possibly make a dent in it too Mm -hmm. whether that be offering counseling um to the masses you know like through like middle school and high Mm -hmm. school where kids are you know tormented you know and seen they face the most adversity at a younger age or you know having peer groups meet things like that like do you think that because we grow up we've grown up in a a town where that's um you know there's there's been things that have happened here with people and um you know that are gone too soon and there's there's absolutely no shortage of money in this town that's for Mm -hmm. sure do you think that there's like a direct correlation with in like median income and like resources available that lead to like the prevention and the numbers and stuff. I think that it has a lot to do with it. And that's what my, basically my project was over is I'm in a, I'm in a community needs assessment conduction class. So that's basically what I was doing is I was, you know, I was, there's not a lot of research, um, linking higher socioeconomic or even just like the middle class to, um, suicide rates. Um, almost all the studies focus on mental health in the lower socioeconomic, um, class. And that's 1000% true. Um, I, I do think that they have a lot of mental health problems, but I think that everyone does. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that there are definitely more like stressors as far as like financial and, you know, if you're gonna have a roof over your head tomorrow, like that obvious, there are things from the lower socioeconomic side that can't, like you can never experience otherwise yeah it's like a different kind of stressor and but thing. yeah again yeah. side note let me say i'm not generalizing i'm talking about research here i'm not putting an opinion out there um but my my project was kind of hey so these people this socioeconomic status they don't have the resources that could help them they have like um they aren't they don't have the same accessibility to healthcare that the other um, socioeconomic classes do have And so I was kind of looking into, you know, hey, here's your resources. There's an abundance of resources. There's probably like at least 20 different counselors in our town alone, Um, not to mention like healthcare facilities and stuff like that that have um, mental health, mental health care. Like, right. But how many people don't utilize it because whenever 
this is a generalization. I don't know. I'm never going to know. I don't think what it's like to be in the upper middle or the upper class. Yeah. Um, but I feel like from what I know from like friends and stuff growing up, like those people that make so much money, um, not because it's money, but it's a very, like it's a very pride driven class, I guess. Status. Status. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, rightfully so. It takes a lot to get you where you're at whenever you're up there. Um, but then once you're at the top, you got a lot of eyes on you. And so that's where ego kind of comes in and pride comes in. And a lot of people don't want to admit that they should consider utilizing the resources that are available to them. Um, or they might not even know, isn't you know, that, but isn't that crazy that that's even remotely a thing because you can't see it, you can't feel mm-hmm. it. Or, I mean, like tangibly touch it, yeah. you know, like if you have a, a broken arm, you can touch it and mm-hmm. that, Oh, this is, this is wrong. Or, yeah. Oh, if I've got a fever, you can touch and see that. But like, you can't touch depression. You can't touch anxiety. So therefore you don't address it because it's right. going to possibly be shameful like what the what is wrong with people well and that's the thing is that that's where it all comes down to like awareness which i am really happy is happening now i'm not saying like it is nowhere near where it needs to be um but people like the symptoms of depression and anxiety are not just oh my god i'm scared all the time oh my god i'm sad all the time there are a lot of outliers like those are the ones that people like hone in on that don't have it but there are a lot of other symptoms that are from that and so people my idea maybe is like people that have um people that have money or you know whatever whenever they are at the top and they start to feel not so great then it's like what's wrong with me what am I doing wrong I have x y and z I'm just ungrateful yeah, that's a I'm, good way of looking. you know yeah, that's and so a- I feel like that almost can make a person more crazy I'm not I don't want to use that word lightly, but like it would probably drive me insane. Right. If I had, you know, I'm at the top, we're in the upper class, whatever. And I didn't know that I had mental health problems and I'm feeling all these things. And it's like, why? I mean, I still struggle with that now and I know what I have, Yeah. but it's like, I have a house, I've got a husband, I've got, you know, two pets. I've got like a life that a lot of people would die for. And I like, whenever I'm having a really bad day, it almost like makes me, it makes me cause myself to spiral even more because it's like, what the hell's wrong with you? You have so much to be happy and grateful for. Like, how right. can you possibly be upset right now? And so I, and I know what I have. So I can only imagine like how much worse. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think that that's a pretty good takeaway from that is, you know, I don't think that there's ever a level of success or financial stability or even using the quote, like the term happiness, right? Like that's fleeting in a lot of ways. Like there, I don't think that there's ever a achievable level of any of that stuff to justify the means of saying you're not allowed to feel right. bad. You're not allowed to feel like, you know, for everybody out there that's listening to this, like the amount of people and that from different walks of life that have approached me about these things, mm-hmm. you would be mind blown. Yeah. People that are well off, people that aren't doing so hot, men, women, you know, like it, it's, it's crazy. Like, and the lot, a lot of the way that they speak about it is very, I don't want to speak for them and I would never like, you know, betray their trust and say any names, but like, this is like people that they act like it's the first time they've ever spoke about it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy to yeah. think about like how, for lack of a better term, how shitty some people are to like not lend a, a, a listening ear. Yeah. Just be a friend, be a, a significant other, be a mom, be a dad, mm-hmm. be a brother. Like 
check on them. Say what's up. How you doing? How you been? Actually mean it. Listen when they talk. You know, don't make them feel silly for whatever mm-hmm. they're feeling because you don't know. And and this this is um most people hear these kind of situations and it sounds dramatic or overplayed, but you don't know if you're going to be the last person that you don't know if you're going to be the last person that person tried to reach out to. And that's that is heavy. And it's never that's for that's heavy as shit, yeah. You know? Like it's you never know if that person is like at their wits end and they just damn, they just need someone to say, Hey, you know what? I'm here for you. I don't right. know what you're going through. Right. It it seems like you really need a friend and I'm I'm here. Like I'll tell you from a guy's point of view, you know, I'm a I've just turned twenty seven. From a twenty seven year old man's point of view, I have zero zero shame in asking my friends how they're doing mentally. Mm-hmm. I ask all my friends. You also constantly. have a lot of you understand. No, no, no. It. I'm not. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I'm not taking that. That was where I was going with this. Yeah. Is I would like the my little my caveat to that was I don't have any problem asking them because I know the things I know because of you. Right. I mean, I've told you a million times how I'm. I hate that this goes on for you. I wish that I could take it away. I wish that I could have it in your place. But I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm thankful that I've learned so much about it. Like, because mm-hmm. uh, I learn all the time about it. It's constantly changing in your sense. I can't imagine what it's like for people that I'm not as close with. Obviously, you're my wife. You're closer to me than anybody, and I'm closer to you. But, like, all the dudes out there, like, I know that I have a predominantly male audience. Like, mm-hmm. check on your friends. Ask them how they're doing. You're not, you know, being a sissy or, like, weirdo. And if And if somebody that you're reaching out to makes you feel that way, Maybe that's even more of an indication that there's something wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, just check on them. Just like be their friend. They'll Bringing probably it back to that male thing that we were talking about. I know I just cut you off. No, you're I fine. Go for it. Bulb. Go for it. Um, a lot of the reason that like men's suicide rates are higher too. There is a lot of research to back that like less men are comfortable reaching out and asking for help. Like if a woman like, and again, not trying to gender roles, whatever, Um, but women are more likely once they get to the point of saying, Hey, I need help. Like, Hey, I, you know what? I get your BFF and do freaking whatever. But men, it's like, for some reason, it's like unmasculine to admit that you have feelings and you're a human being. Um, so (laughs) I'm feeling right. (laughs) And so I feel like a lot of that has to do with, I'm sorry, I don't feel, I know that a lot of that has to do with men not feeling like they can talk to anybody. Yeah, I could definitely, definitely see that. And women, like if you're, like if I'm having a really hard day, I have no problem telling a few of my girlfriends, hey dude, I, oof, I need to talk to somebody. I need my girls right now. Um, I, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z because women essentially have more feelings i get not more feelings but you get we're more emotional so i'll say yeah, that it's more it's, it's, it's more, more quote, accepted yeah acceptable to but talk about if a them. dude yeah. reaches out to another dude i feel like if they were to be like hey bro like i can't stop crying then they're like i feel like it's a lot more taboo yeah um and so i feel like that's why they they're what's, definitely correlated there for that, sure that term like toxic masculinity yes like man i i mean I am 100% comfortable in my masculinity. I ain't trying to impress anybody. If I want to drink something, if I want to wear something, if I like, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. But I also know that I'm not, there's a lot of people that willingly won't buy a t-shirt because, oh, that's 
that's girly mm-hmm. or I'm not, I'm not drinking pumpkin spice, but they have pumpkin spice at their house. Cause they mm-hmm. actually like it. Like that's so, the, I hate that there's like, those are things. I mean, there is, there's <laughs> there, a line. There, yeah. There's, there's a line. Even I have it. I'm like, mm, okay, maybe. Are you a girl? Right. Yes. Your nipples are showing through that sweater vest. What do you and, guess? You know, like, you know, like <laughs> stupid. Oh my goodness gracious. But what I'm saying is like being comfortable with yourself, I feel like has a lot to do with it. And I'm very fortunate that I've, I feel that that level of comfortability, and I know for a fact that that comes from the household I was raised in. I say it over here all like all the time that I'm so thankful for my parents because any and everything I wanted to do that didn't harm myself or others, I had their full support, which was really cool because it made me like spread my wings, try try things out, succeed and fail, and kind of develop who I was and slash am. So I've never felt like if I needed to talk to my dad about dad or guy stuff. My dad was 100% there. If I needed to talk to my mom about girl stuff, always there. My sister, like, Mm -hmm. but I know a lot of people that have dads, moms, brothers, and sisters that would like literally laugh in their face if they brought it up to them. So that being said, I'm not flattering myself, but dude, I'm an, I am a 100% listening ear. Mm -hmm. I am always here for anybody that listens. I don't care if I know you, if we barely know each other, like, believe me, people have reached out that I barely speak to and it's a conversation is very helpful and it's also it's it's therapeutic for both people sometimes i'll have conversations that i end up it helps me selfishly and i'm like wow you know like listen conversations are exhausting no doubt it's it's never easy to have these conversations like even me talking to justin whenever we if i'm going deep and i'm needing one of these conversations like it's exhausting for both parties. It really is. It's exhausting to say all the things out loud that you don't even understand that you're feeling. There's so much stuff going on in your head and you can't put a pin on it and explain it, but you just need to get it out somehow, some way. And like on the other end, it's exhausting to receive that. I I know like it's, it, it takes a toll on both parties, but it is so beneficial after it's done and like said and done. And it's like, Oh God, I thank you so much for listening. I don't even know if I spoke words back there, but I feel better now. (laughs) It's, it's, and it, it does. It it takes a lot to receive that too. Like it, it's like I said, it's exhausting on both parties, but it is so worth it afterwards. Absolutely. But do you, okay. So this is, this is kind of like where our dynamic come Mm -hmm. into play. Like, do you, from the person that suffers from these things, do you think that there should be a threshold for the person that you're speaking to? Like, do you think that that person has the ability to say, I'm done talking to you, you're wearing me out? No. I was going to say, because I don't feel like that's no. very valid to be that way either. I think that if somebody, with once again, within reason, if somebody entrusts you with the deepest, darkest secrets of their mind and soul, not even secrets, but the things that they're trying so hard to rationalize and get a grasp on in their own head if they are feeling things to the point where they can't even remotely get their mind around it so they reach out to you i think that it's your literal human duty Mm -hmm. to listen you know and i always say this it costs zero dollars to not be a piece of shit to somebody like just be nice like just try to hear them out just try to sometimes sometimes our most conducive conversations come from me not saying a word to you just letting you go off and i'm like what just happened you know i feel like there's also like from the person that's about to spill their guts to somebody there's a level of respect for the other person like i'm not gonna 
I mean, mind you, I've done this with Justin and it's not, <laughs> but, it's, but it's me. It's and not, it's, it's not been the greatest, but if I'm sitting there and I'm crying to you for two and a half hours, I've got to sit back and realize I'm crying to you for two and a half freaking hours. How did I even have that much tears in my eyeballs? Like I can only imagine <laughs> like at that point you're not getting anywhere. And so I feel like at some point there has to be a line that you draw for yourself and it's, it's a level of respect that you have for the person that you've entrusted to listen to you. So it's like, I'm, I'm not saying that, oh, you need to care about their feelings more than your own whenever no, you're coming no, no, to no. them. But like, let's be rational here, though. Yeah, like, if you're going <laughs> to reach out to somebody that you haven't spoken to in 20 years and then you drop like the this crazy truth bomb on them and you mm-hmm. have no level of communication, like a, a track history, you need to prepare yourself for that response because it you probably don't even know that person down to that much of a level. Right. But if you need to speak to somebody, there are avenues that you can take. Uh, Okay. Take a counselor. For instance, if Mm -hmm. you call one of those hotlines, they don't know you from Adam, Mm -hmm. but they are trained to be a listening ear. Man, counseling helps so much. Oh my God. Shout out to counseling, man. It's so underrated. And like, I feel like people say, oh, it's so important. Oh, it's so important. But no one actually does it because, again, like I said, counseling's exhausting. Yeah, it pretty much is. Having the conversation is exhausting. It is, there's no other way to put it. It makes me tired. I make myself tired going in there and talking for over an hour and a half about problems. Like, it's, But, but I've been there with you. We've done couples counseling. I've been on your counseling sessions. You've mm-hmm. been with me. I've done male and female counseling. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that it's a uh, once again sorry we're kind of we're kind of jumping between couples and single yeah. and like like I mean like solo person stuff so I'm speaking on my my behalf right now because uh-huh. this is something that I can factually talk about so my biggest takeaway from counseling um, I started going probably about three three years ago mm-hmm. um, I was an asshole <laughs> I was such. Like, and I'm not, I mean, I'm, I, it's funny, but it's not like, I mean, I think back on some of the, the things that I used to like say and do for no other reason than maybe to make someone laugh or like maybe like weirdly get some self-satisfaction about playing something down that was like actually a big deal. Like, man, dude, whenever you drop that stuff out on the table to a person that you're literally paying them to counsel you. Mm-hmm. And they look at you with this look of like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why are you acting that way? What do you gain from... Whenever you talk to them about that kind of stuff, dude, humble pie is mm-hmm. not a great tasting snack. You know what I mean? And but it's, it, it's necessary. And it's like so... Like vegetables. It's... it's yeah, counseling has 100%. Man, it, it has helped me so much. I think that I would not even... I still think I'm a piece of crap half the time. Oh, but like, I really do take away so much for myself like growth and right. i think that i've learned to be i don't think i i know i've learned to be a better friend i know for a fact 100 percent take it to the bank i've learned how to be a better husband um learned how to be a better son brother like employee like you you learn so much about it whenever you have a conversation to a counselor that doesn't they don't gain anything from talking mm-hmm. down to you they are there to help you you know what i mean and when you can kind of distinguish that line you reap so many benefits. Let's also like throw in there that they're not always going to talk down to you. No, I didn't say that at no, all. No, no, no. I'm I, just saying, I know. Like, I just, I'm, I'm talking about my personal me, like what I needed help with. Right. I got. And yeah. I've, so something like personal about me that I have taken from counseling is that I, I don't think there's anyone on this planet that's harder on themselves than me. Like, I know that that's like a very big, like a, 
cliche almost oh you're your own worst enemy but I'm sitting there to my counselor and I'm letting her in on the way my brain works and my thought process and she's like you gotta stop like you are so mean to yourself like and so it's like it's helped me not be so mean to myself therefore I am not as aggressive I don't know. I'm not aggressive. I'm Shit. very aggressive. But Lord, I mean, you're like, freaking dynamite comes in small packages, Tommy. <laughs> you are aggressive as hell. Whenever I am, I am at a better place with myself in my own head. I'm a better person in general for everyone else. Like I know I'm one thousand percent the person that cannot pour from an empty cup. I, I, I feel like my entire life's mission is to help people, is to serve people, one thousand percent. And whenever I get to the point where if you're looking at me saying you're upset and I feel annoyed, it's probably because I don't have anything within myself and I hate that. So it's like it has been very beneficial to me learning how I need to fill my cup up so that I can pour it out to others. Like for sure. It's, it's been so nice. I just, I, it, like I said, it's exhausting. It is a chore, but it is so God, it's like going to the gym. You don't want to go. <laughs> you know you it's going to wear you out. That's such a good analogy. You know that it's it's going to take a lot out of you, and afterwards it's going it, to you're just going to be mm-hmm. plumb done. But yeah. it, God, it is so worth it. Yep, and we won't we won't throw it out there. But if you need the uh, contact information for the people that we use, mm-hmm. let us know. I'd be happy to tell you. Okay, so that was the uh, mental health portion of everything. But I have a very fun. Oh God. Thingy, thingy, my Bob. So I heard this the other day on a podcast and I was like, man, this is going to be something really fun that would go perfect for our mental health sessions that we do. And it is called the Proust questionnaire. Have you ever heard of it? No. So it's supposed to be very beneficial for people of all ages, races, creeds to do, uh-huh. but it's supposed to be even like more introspective for people that have mental health issues. Okay. So it's kind of cool because it's supposed to quote, Reveal a person's true nature at heart and make them think about themselves intrinsically. So it's kind of cool, Ooh, but <laughs> it's, it's, fun. it's a lot. It's a lot of questions. So um, I have not prepped you on any of this. I'm I'm a little nervous. No, you shouldn't be. It's it's fun, and if you don't want to do one, we can skip it. Okay. But it's quite a few. So for all of you listening, this is available online. I, I'm doing like an abbreviated version of it. I cut a couple questions out that were kind of like redundant. But it's the Proust questionnaire, which is P-R-O-U-S-T. Proust. And this this um, this came from, uh, I guess he was like a French philosopher or something. And he used to pl- do this questionnaire like at like a, like a as like a bar game or uh-huh. something like like talking Ooh. to his friends to kind of learn a lot about him. So I thought it'd be fun but for us to do. But this is mental health. It, it, but it started out as that, but then like research studies have been done to like oh, okay. kind okay. of say, wow, this actually reveals a lot about the okay. things. So I thought it'd be fun. Are you okay with it? You yeah. want to do it? Yeah. Okay. So what is your idea of perfect happiness? Ooh. Um, a perfect happiness is me being fully at peace. Um, I would say that's, that's, that's basically bliss to me is whenever I feel completely at peace. What brings you to that peace? Um, I am not the most religious, like front row Christian every single Sunday, but I do have a very, um, a very strong relationship with God. And so whenever I am, whenever I feel like I'm very in sync, um, with my spiritual faith, um, whenever me and Justin are 
um, just rocking and rolling whenever I've got work and school, like everything in my life, all these different components are all working at the same time. And I'm not anxious about it. It's, it's just like, I don't feel peace like ever. <laughs> um, I've always got racing thoughts. I've, my brain's just kind of like TV static all the time. And so whenever it's just quiet, that is my, that is like. Okay. Good answer. Okay. What is your greatest fear? Being misunderstood. Being misunderstood. Okay. Like, like if someone like second guesses my intentions on something. Oh, or, okay. I got you. I got you. I say something and it may come off the wrong way or it's not received how I meant to deliver it. That's your biggest fear? I, I wow. don't like it. It's, Ooh, wow. It is so uncomfortable to me. And I like, I am terrified of someone thinking I have bad intentions. When or, you don't. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, a, that's, that's something to be fearful of for sure. Um, what is the trait that you most deplore in yourself? Deplore. What do you not like about yourself the most? Oh. Like a trait, like not like a physical trait, but like something about you. Um, how self-conscious I am for sure. How insecure I am. See, that's so funny because I don't, you always say that. I don't feel like you're an insecure person at all. I'm, I mean, I I'm guess. I'm so I, insecure of my insecurities that I don't voice them. So. Well, damn. Yeah, it's one of those. It's, it's a great time. Okay. What is the, what is the trait that you most deplore in others? Ooh. I know, right? Uh, hmm, I think this is gonna, this honestly would be this way if I, we weren't doing a mental health podcast, but I don't like when people take advantage of mental health and mental illness. You've to, always said that. To excuse any sort of behavior or I, I, it makes me feel like I've got someone spitting in my face whenever people that don't have, you know, X, Y, and Z and they're like, oh, I was so depressed. I couldn't do X, Y, and Z. Like number one. You don't just have depression and just get rid of it. And uh, to, and not even know. just that. People that actually do have depression, they have, you know, whatever type of mental illness, but you do something wrong and you're like, oh, well, it wasn't me. It was my depression talking. No, no, ma'am. You yeah. don't get to use that as a, as a scapegoat. Mm -hmm. You're like the girls that are being bitches and they're like, I was on my period. Okay, but you're still accountable <laughs> for the things you said and did. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay, good answer. Um, which living person do you most admire? You. Don't be like that. I, I'm not joking. <sighs> that's so sweet, but that's not the truth. You, okay. What is your greatest extravagance? Like, what is something that you take over the top? Like, uh, like shoes or something. Like, what, do you, what is something that you, like, Ooh. you, like, notably take too much enjoyment in? Shoes. What? Like no, my you high don't. tops and my yes, I do. No, you you haven't bought shoes in a long time. Yeah, because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I got Shut new shoes up. like two months ago. My van. You think that's your greatest extravagance, though? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's I whatever. Really, I don't really know for you either. I have different flavors of the week. It's whatever I'm feeling that time. Huh. Okay. Shoes. Because I'll I will I'll like be obsessed with shoes for a couple months, and then the next couple months I'll be obsessed with. I, Yours is energy stuff. drinks. Oh, freaking freak. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What is your current state of mind? I have a headache, I think, a little bit. Not like that. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> like, where are you at? Like, are you, like, it's just like, in your life, I guess. Um, I am tired. And I don't mean, like, um, just physically. I'm, I'm kind of, like, exhausted. We've been 
I've been going through a lot lately. Um, and it's, I'm kind of, I don't feel like I'm necessarily going through it anymore per se. Um, but it's like the aftermath of going through it. It's just, you've handled everything very well, by the way. Thanks. I just, it's, it's one of those whenever like you, I always say this whenever as high as I go, anxiety wise, depression wise, like I, I'm sorry, anxiety, wound upness, freaked outness, whatever I will, the second that that is not contracted anymore, I just kind of fall and it's just exhausting. Yeah. No, I get that. Well, what you've been going through, you've been doing very, very good in handling it. Thanks. What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Compassion. Why do you think that's overrated? Um, I feel like people are very judgmental. Ooh, um, yeah. I feel like people are very quick to, you know, just be hateful towards somebody and you know, not understand. And I think this goes along with what I said about being misunderstood. So wait, like, so I'm confused. Wait, you think that being compassionate is overrated? Oh no. Uh, yeah. Oh no. I'm sorry. I thought I meant underrated. Overrated. Um, I was like, wait, hold on. What? I'm sorry. Backwards. Uh, overrated virtue. Patience. Eh, no, because we're talking about forms of patience. I think that you need to be patient with people for sure. But like they always say like, oh, patience is a virtue, blah, blah, blah. Like if you want something, go freaking get it. Why wait? There you go. That's a good one. (laughs) On what occasion do you lie? When I eat too much of Justin's food. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I know that you ate that. And I'm like, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. You did that the other day. I've got Oreos for the first time in probably five years. And I brought home Uh, Oreos and I was like. (laughs) Casey, Samantha, how many of these did you eat? She's like, not that much. I'm I had like, like four. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, she's the kind of person that would eat like <laughs> ten and then move them to the row that I was oh, already that. eating out oh, of, so I couldn't tell. Why did no? Mm-hmm. That's Ooh. funny. That is freaking funny. <laughs> Which living person do you most despise? Uh, that's a tough one. Ooh. Right now, I'm going to say uh, Reeves, homeboy Reeves. <laughs> Ryan Reeves. I think that's a fair statement, yeah. <laughs> he I'm is, not going to give He's anyone. a defenseman for the Vegas Golden Knights, if y'all didn't know that. I'm not going to name any names of real people. I don't think I despise anyone in real life. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, there's a couple people that I'm like, you're a bad apple. You are just a hateful person. <laughs> a little sour grape over here. Uh-huh. What is the quality that you most like in a man? Um... Uh, hmm. Prioritization is that is that a quality? Yeah. Uh, like in the sense of being organized, or like knowing what they want, or like. Um. Well, hold on. I I mean like, it like I need to feel like I'm put first. So like me being a priority is like my biggest attraction. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So take take like um relationship out of it like uh-huh. i'm talking like a man like like a like just a, a, a another male human that you interact with like. uh being respectful yeah that's a big one i don't mean yes ma'am no ma'am i mean you know just getting the door for a woman yeah. I, I can i'm a woman i can open the damn door by myself thought about that it's just it's being, like yeah. it's you you're a man and you're a gentleman so you get the door yeah or good you know like whenever other dudes are you know saying hi to each other and they shake each other's hand and i see the good shake mm-hmm. and they're make an eye contact with each other. I feel yeah. like that's just, that's yeah. very respectable. Notable. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. 
What quality do you most like in a woman? Um, friendliness, maybe. Okay. Is friendliness a good it, like? It's your answer. <laughs> like whenever another woman is like, because I feel like very women are very petty, mm-hmm. um, and they're very quick to see other women and like be like snarky or something until mm-hmm. they warm up to each other. But like whenever you go to meet a like you're hanging out with a group of girls, another girl comes into the mix. It's like, hey, what's up? How are you? Like mm-hmm. that is like such a out like a unique characteristic from other women. Yeah. Like I I feel like most of the time it's like, oh hey, hey, my name's blah blah blah. Yeah. When it's like, no, get over here, hug me. Like, yeah. what's up? Hang That's out cool. with us. What word or phrase do you overuse the most? Literally. Literally. I was <laughs> I gonna say I it. literally know you know this. It pisses me off because I literally try not to say this word <laughs> and it follows me everywhere. It doesn't it no other words do it justice. That's funny. <laughs> um when and where were you the happiest? Oh. Ooh. I got a couple. <laughs> I probably um in our apartment after we got engaged. That's exactly what I would say too. Hey, really? I swear to God. Wow. I swear on my life. That's that exactly was, what I would say. I don't think like I've that, ever felt like anything that like 20, that before. 2015, 2016. What was 2016. it? 2016? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because we got married the next year. What? Yeah, you're right. So it was, it, okay, you're right. Yeah, that was a good year. That whole little time frame was kind of mm-hmm. cool. A lot of growth. Which talent would you most like to have? Singing. I Dude, wish I could sing. Yes. Because I sing anyways, and my voice is terrible, but you're still going to hear it. So yeah. <laughs> if I, it didn't hurt people's ears, that would be nice. I don't know why the good Lord didn't give me some sort of musical talent, because I don't know very many people, if any at all, that enjoy music as much as I do. Yeah, down to I the, would agree with that. Down to the core. I, I love that. everything about music, and I have zero talent with it. <laughs> um, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? I only get to pick one. <laughs> um, is this like a physical or is it like a like an intrinsic? Uh, I, I'm not sure. One thing I could change about myself, I wish that I didn't care so much about what people think. Well, I would. Yeah, you've said I that would, for a while too. I would do any, well, not anything, but I would do a lot of bad things to be able to let go of how much I care about what people think about me. And I think that's why it all comes back to like just what I was saying about being misunderstood. If someone yeah. thinks something about me that I don't feel like is me. Right. I, I think that's why it upsets me, gets to me so much. I hear you on that one. Where would you most like to live? Live? I've only ever lived here in New England, and I can promise you I don't want to live in New England. <laughs> um, maybe I think that I would like to live for like a couple months in Florida or California on the beach. Ooh, okay. Um, but I don't think that I could live anywhere else other than here just because yeah. the culture is so strong mm-hmm. and you don't even realize it until you leave. Um, I didn't realize how much of a Southern culture life that we live because we don't have like a farm. We don't have a ranch. Like we don't have cows. We don't have yeah. Like, so I think we live in the suburbs kind of. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't really feel like we have Southern life, Mm -hmm. but then you go outside. There's so much more to Southern life Mm -hmm. than cowboy boots and pearl snaps. Yeah. It's. I just, I don't think I could ever live with another group of people other than the ones that are here. For sure. That's why Joe Rogan came down here. Mm -hmm. 
what do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? Isolation. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's even used in prison as a punishment, and you're mm -hmm. already in prison. Yeah. Wow, that's a good answer. No doubt. If you have anything, what is your motto? Like, if you have one. <sighs> keep going. <laughs> I was going to say, just keep swimming. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just keep going. What is your favorite occupation? Like, not even one that you've liked, but, like, one that you, like, respect and think is, like, cool. Oh. Um, mm, I don't know. There's a couple. I don't. I can't really narrow it down to, like, one. People in the healthcare field are one of a kind. Absolutely. I feel like they literally. It's crazy for me to think that like people, like there's people out there that can like cut you open and fix you from mm -hmm. the inside. Like what? It's bizarre. What? It's, it's bizarre. It's nuts. Um, what do you most value in your friends? Uh, loyalty. Fire answer. That's, mm -hmm. that's what's up. Oh, this is a good one. Who uh, who are your favorite writers? J.K. Rowling. J yeah, no <laughs> doubt she wins every time. Um, I like Jane Austen. Okay. Um. Oh God, there's another one I can't think of his name. It just it just left me. What would they write? Um. I don't know, but lately I've been really loving Sadie Robertson. Robinson oh, Robertson. Robertson from the yeah. Duck, Duck Dynasty. Yeah, girl. she's got three books out and they are freaking fire in their self-help books and i just i i've only read one um i actually only read like three quarters of one but it was <laughs> it was really really good and i the only reason i haven't finished it is because i want to like sit down and be all in and i don't know if i like i haven't had all in time yeah. yet i mean i've had the time but i haven't been mentally yeah, all in I get so that. yeah um but then i have another one and then there's another one after that that i would like to have whenever i finally sit down and go all in on these books but they are just like uh no doubt who is your hero of fiction like basically your favorite fictional character i mean i obviously it's harry potter uh -huh. but <laughs> um unsung heroes serious black Okay. I, I think that's why the third book was so dynamite for me. Something about Sirius Black. I just, ugh. Dynamite. Can't. All right. <laughs> okay, so. I Harry... also love Khaleesi. Oh, yeah. Mother of Dragons. The unsullied, the, the queen of the unsullied, the unburnt. The unburnt. What is your, this is the last one. What are your favorite names for a boy and a girl? You already know the girl. Mm-hmm. Well. Oh, it's, um. I don't know. I, I've kind of strayed from, I always thought I wanted to do Alice and Ray and call her Allie Ray. I still stick not, with it. It's not even talking about like babies and stuff. It's like, I mean, just what's your favorite name? Allie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Girl? That's that's a girl. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, meant, I meant guy. Sorry. Guy. I don't know. You've kind of got me stuck on Dallas. I love that name mm -hmm. so much. And I think it's because it's synonymous with my, well, with our last name. Yeah. Like when you think, Gilly's Dallas. Yeah. I think that Well, and then whenever Dallas, I was in school in Rhode Island for my freshman orientation, everyone was calling me Dallas. I just, so. I love that name. I think that it's such a, it's a unisex name too. It could mm -hmm. be pretty for a girl. Like, I love that name. Mm -hmm. But um, that is the Proust questionnaire. Would so you, what does that mean about me internally? It, it, I mean, it doesn't have like a, <laughs> it, there is no like formula that it uses. It just kind of gives you a, the way that the questions are spread out. It has like a, it kind of gets to 
basically digs deeper. You know how I do like the, if I could pick three to have a beer with me? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Like it's how like you, there's a surface level thought and then you're like, but wait, why do I want to pick these three people? Well, how many times did during that questionnaire did I go, really? And like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, I would have like. And you, there are some that I just blown, like. There's some that I knew off the back of my hand, like like nothing. And then you just blew my mind on some <laughs> of them. So I thought that was kind of cool, kind of fun. Um, shout out to Dax Shepard and the armchair expert. That's what they did on oh, there. Okay. So it was really cool. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And, you, and fun fact, Dax Shepard's favorite name is Justin. Oh. And his exact words. It's because he knows it was you. He goes, I don't think I've ever met a Justin that wasn't just super cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm you're like, the freaking coolest. I said, you damn right. You Dax. damn. You damn right, Dax. But <laughs> all right, guys. So that was all that we had. Uh, oh wow, we went for a while, Let's over see. an hour. So we enjoy doing this stuff. Um, obviously, these aren't stuff that we're going to be popping out once a week, once a month. We do them when it's organic and it feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that everything that was spoken about on here resonated with some of y'all like it has in the past um if you ever feel called to reach out to either one of us and i stress that both you know casey and myself are more than willing to be a listening ear or offer help in any way that we can we're not professionals we're just a couple of idiots trying to figure out life (laughs) just keep swimming but um very much appreciate y'all listening to us and i am so glad that you feel comfortable enough to come on here and talk because I love hearing you talk about this stuff. It makes me feel good. I think I know my motto. What's your motto? I know that we we were kind of gone from it, but I just remembered what I, my favorite one. What? Said, if you don't find the light at the end of the tunnel, light that bitch up yourself. There you go. And I feel like that, like if you can't find it, create it. You want to know which one is super cool that I like now that we're talking about it? Huh. Being realistic is the most commonly traveled road to mediocrity. Ooh. I love that quote. Ooh. It's not even like a motto, but I love that quote. But back to what we were saying, like I, I very much enjoy, like screw the audience right now, like I very much enjoy hearing you talk about this stuff. It's very uh, comforting to like see you, the things that used to break you and tear you down and, and hold you down, you so confidently speak about now. And that's very... It's just a cool feeling for coming from your husband, and I'm glad that I can help you in any way. Thanks. It's kind of weird because I don't, I don't feel that way, and then I hear myself back, and it's mm-hmm. like, I didn't even take my medicine that day. I, I was all the way put together. How did that happen? Good. I mean, obviously not. Like, it's not even necessarily a confidence thing. It's kind of like it's almost therapeutic. It's like a yeah. like we were talking about the counseling session. Like, it's some days it's really like he'll do you want to do a mental health one? And I'm like, honestly, no. Like if I go in there, I'm probably going to cry. So, and uh, I've asked you that probably twice and you've said no, maybe once ever. And I'm like, okay. And nope. it's, but that's what I'm saying. Like I, it is, it takes a lot out of you to go back and replay all these things and X, Y, and Z, but it, it feels good afterwards. It's like you got it off your chest. Like me saying things that I feel like can help other people in turn. Like I hear my own voice, you know, if, tomorrow I get in a bad mental state. Like I try to remember the things that I'm trying to tell to y'all, you know? So it's kind of, it's, it's beneficial to me too. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's, you know, we've, we'll end it on that. You know, we once again, never claim to be professionals, never claim to be counselors, never claim to be psychologists. That's not at all what we're trying to do here. We only know what we live through. It's just, 
trying to normalize it in any way that we can. I've been fortunate enough that people listen. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that being said, I love you very much. I love you. And Hi, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. And as long as y'all keep listening, I'll keep talking. <laughs>